What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have repeat guest Ben Davis on the line. We're going to dive into a little bit of everything. If you don't recall, last time he was going to do something crazy marathon-wise uh, throughout the year of 2018. So we'll dive into that, and then we'll talk about his plans going forward through 2019. But before we get too far into the details, just give us like a, a another introduction here, Ben. So anybody that hadn't heard the first podcast can kind of know where you're coming from. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, you know I was just thinking about that too. Like almost been a, a year completely. It's been a while, but uh, I can't believe it's yeah. um, it's been that long. But uh, so last year uh, I did something. It was probably ill-advised, but I'd set out to uh, to run one ultra marathon a month uh, for for 2018. For, so this past year, and, and I'd done that for for a few different reasons. And the the, the main reasons is to really show veterans and people in general what's what's possible. Uh, and instead of taking mm-hmm. Those diagnoses, those prognoses, whatever situation you're in, and how miserable or, or how hard you might realize you have things, and, and see that you actually do those things and, and rise above those expectations that people put on you, or those those constraints, or those con- those whether it's a diagnosis or whatever. And so, um, and, and I did this using fat as a fuel, so fat-based fuel. So it really is a, is a keto-based fueling approach to ultra marathon. And for me, it's it's significant as well, because uh, when I got out of the army in, in 2009, I had to have some surgeries and I'd have a, hit my hip replaced. And, and I was told that by the doctors, I'd never be able to run again. I'd always be in pain and, and, and I'd have just a just a diminished you know, lifestyle. And so I, I accepted that that lot for, for a long time, for almost a decade. And uh, for one means the other, I, I came about uh, the keto diet, the ketogenic diet. And um, which I had some familiarity with is a clinical treatment for uh, epilepsy and supplemental treatment for, for cancer, but um, I never did it for, the, for weight loss. And my background is kinesiology, so it's kind of odd that it never crossed those paths. And so uh, for me, I just adopted the diet and um, I ended up losing, right around, well, all said and done, right around 200 pounds. And so and I've kind of cycled through as this year has gone by, but I lost all this weight. If diet, just nutrition alone can can help me lose weight and everything else had failed, what else is possible? And so figured I'd do something big. And I remember talking about trying to do some running a few years ago and everyone at the VA laughed at me and said, you're crazy and you'll never do it. And I, I kind of, again, took that to heart and I listened to them for a while and um, I just accepted my life and kept moving on. And and then as I started to feel better through, you know, as I started, you know, keto, I said, well, what can happen? I started exercising again and I was like, hey, I can start running. And uh, so last November, I was like, hey, I'm going to do something big to show veterans, hey, what's possible? Because because really with through keto and, and some of the exercise, a lot of those, the, the PTSD symptoms that I had and the TBI, it went away. Chronic pain went mm-hmm. away. And my life was, in essence, changed. And so for me, you know, it's like I, I had hope again that I could live pain-free and I could do things that I used to be able to do that I was told I'd never be able to do again. And so it, it's really changed my life. And so I said, well, let's do something crazy. A lot of people run marathons, so let's do an ultra. And I was like, well, people do ultras. Oh, let's do one a month. You know, thinking that was kind of a, a crazy thing when, you know, in, in hindsight, it was, <laughs> I probably should have trained up a lot longer, maybe six months to a year for that. But, um, it, you know, as I, as I went and I started doing these, these ultras, again, I, the possibility of what can, what's possible through right lifestyle choices, the right diet choices. And then when you change your mindset, then, Mm-hmm. You know, you see what's possible and you can start to not just change your life, but impact other people's lives as well. And so when we first talked a year ago, I think I just run my first race. And now I've uh, since then, I've run 11 ultras, a couple of marathons, a couple of half marathons, five and 10 Ks. And so yeah, it's been it's been kind of crazy. Yeah, man, I'm trying to like put everything on a timeline here um, so I can just gain a better perspective. When we talked, I believe it was January of last year, so a full year now. And I, I don't remember if you had just run your first marathon of the year, ultra marathon, or if you were gearing up to run. I don't recall that. I have to go back and listen to the podcast. But you, you got out of the, the military in what year? 2009. 2009. And then the majority of your you know surgeries and whatnot were, were what year? I started having them in 2000. I think 2007 was my first one. I had another one in 2008. So <laughs> it was the second second one. I it had a few other on my different parts of my body as well. But the, the big one being. And you're, you weren't doing like a whole lot of running uh nothing nothing extreme really prior to that first ultra this time last year right no no i i had um you know for that uh, i'd taken that when i started keto i literally was just i was listening to podcasts you know audiobooks and you know research and i wasn't doing really anything 
physically active. A few months after that, I started doing some yoga and, and mobility work. And um, then I started lifting weights. And then it is, I think about, I don't know, eight or nine, maybe nine months or so before I started actually running or trying, you know, I say running, I mean, jogging, you know, walk, jog. Kind of. and, and what year was it that you started keto? 2017. 2017. So it's pretty crazy progression, man. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, and, and, and you like, like we've, we've been corresponding via email throughout the whole year and you've given me a ton of tips, but, but I mean, you're doing some pretty impressive long distance running when you think about it, like an ultra marathon, you know, every month, usually when somebody pictures an ultra marathon runner in their mind, they're, they're thinking like the, the, you know, skinny, wiry type of physique. And that's, that's probably not how most people describe you, correct? No, no, it's, it's, it's almost, <laughs> it's, you could, yeah, no, it's quite the opposite in the fact, but it's, it's kind of funny. It, it just got used to it. But when I would show up to like to check in for a race, a lot of times at ultras, they have like a 5k and a, a half marathon, they have a multiple race. And, uh, you know, I show up and, and I say, well, what race are you here for? I come here for the ultra and then they look at me like, really? They, they gave me like a funny look. So, you know, that became kind of comedic. I think out of like the six or seven time, like in a row, that's what, what happened. Um, and so for those that obviously can't see, I'm, I'm built like a linebacker. So right now I'm actually, I cycled up just, uh, there's a, which I'll get into that a little later, about, about two, right now about 235, 240. And so, but I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm built like a linebacker. I mean, I've always been big and just my, my frame and I've always been built for power. And so, so yeah, so it's, it's always kind of always get funny looks. And so at my lightest this year, I think I was right, right, right at, right around 200. And so, so yeah, which makes a big difference as well when you're running. That's pretty crazy. I didn't realize you got down that low. I got really, really uh, I don't say really not. I'm never. I'm never skinny. Even when I was playing soccer, you know, professionally, like uh, 20 years ago, I, you know, I, I would be like, I would remember being 200 pounds and be like, you have to lose weight in Romania. They're like, you're too big. And I got down with food poisoning, like mm-hmm. 195, and I, and I was somewhere around like I want to say the seven percent body fat, like just sunken cheeks, emaciated. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I just yeah. got big bones and. I really do have like a really big frame. And so it's a blessing and a curse, I guess, at times, but definitely not the body for ultra. But I've been able to do this uh, pretty injury free. Yeah, I mean, when you stop and think about it, man, like you had the hip replacement and a bunch of other injuries from the military and you weigh as much as you do and you're running as long and as far as you are. I mean, that's that's. It's kind of an oddity in itself, for sure, but it's it's incredibly impressive, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's funny. You never. I always look at. Um, not that I compare what I do to other people, but to me, I see like, well, oh well. The, the, the farthest I got was like I think I did in a timed race. I got like sixty four miles or something. Like that. I just missed a hundred k, and I was like, well, man, I would, I would, I got to get that hundred mile. Like, I, I want, you know, maybe I try a two hundred mile, and you know, so it's like, oh my god, I met people that they, you know, this year they did like. 16 ultras and it's like holy cow how do you have time to do anything you know so um but see i guess when i think about it i mean i'm the only person that looks like me when i when i'm out there generally it's awesome like i said it just getting out there is one of those things i i I recommend everyone to at least try it once well you i mean you hit or i hit you up when i was going to run that marathon um i forget which month that was in now but i didn't train at all for it and you were giving me several pointers um and and i was from an energy standpoint, from a fuel standpoint, I felt totally fine after the the twenty six miles. But from my 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 feet conditioning standpoint, I mean, I was way lacking in that department. So for you, being you know two hundred plus pounds, two hundred thirty pounds, what what is that like from a just conditioning your body to run that long distance? Like, are your feet just killing you at the end of it all? Not really. I mean, after really, I think I want to say after my. I stopped getting that for maybe my, your body, you're making adaptations. I want to say fifth or sixth, but there's times where like this, the one I just did this past weekend, it was, it was rough. And I, I've been suffering from some adrenal fatigue, uh, which has kind of caused my weight to go back up. And I had to switch a lot of the training that I do. And so it was just a lot of pounding. And so, and it was kind of a technical course. Uh, so my feet are, are a little sore after that. But um, once you make those adaptations and really the, in, the anti-inflammatory benefits of like a low carb or diet or a are um they make all the difference in the world especially in terms of recovery and even after some races i might actually have some carbs like i might actually like double like do a double dose that you can or i might actually just have if i'm all out of like the stuff i i might normally bring to fuel for races i might have something that's more carb heavy and i can get over 100 150 grams of carbs some sugar and it doesn't really affect mm-hmm. me that that much, you know. Honestly, I have a lot of metabolic flexibility. I've been doing this for a couple of years now, but uh, um, the anti-inflammatory pro- like uh, benefits of, of that, I think, make a huge difference. And then you have training adaptations, which 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 happen as well. And so, um, you know, so it's I wish you could 
you can't always put your finger on one, one thing or the other, because is it smart to go out and, and run a marathon or have an ultra or without no, not really, <laughs> but you can do it for sure. And, and you, yeah. you also have an advantage where you're, you're, you are an athlete. And so you're conditioned. And so, you know, you could probably get a, get a few more and, and you'd be good. Now, the shoes you wore, which I'm a huge ultra guy, love ultras. I, I, the other thing I would have recommended was maybe like a higher uh, cushion. So they have one, uh, it's the, the provision which is a higher cushion. I wear one that's like, it's called the temp, which is a really, it's a really heavy cushion as well. And that makes a difference as well. Um, but those are zero offset, which obviously, you know, and I know you've had like Zach Bitter on here and some other people that have talked about that. But to me, that's, you know, those things where it's going to make a huge difference. And if you can get a little more shock absorption with a little more cushion, I think you probably would have been a little better off, but nonetheless, I mean, you, you, I think you would still, maybe not something you do again without training, but you can definitely do it. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the cool thing about, any kind of endurance sport, in my opinion, is, you know, at some point, like, obviously, you have to have some degree of conditioning and, you know, athleticism. But but once you cross that threshold, it just 100% becomes a battle of the mind. And, you know, your, your, your mind is constantly talking you out of pushing it, talking you out of, you know, continuing, which for me was at about mile marker 19 or 20 or 21 somewhere in there when my feet were really just killing me but simply having the the mind over matter that's when endurance sports really shine through because it's like it just forces you to dig deep and that is the most satisfying feeling ever is is having that that weighing on you to stop but then crossing the finish line you know and finishing strong like that. I love it, man. I was freaking addicted afterwards. Well, that's, and, and that's the thing where it's so, it's, it's such a, such a, a mental and exercise, right? It's such a, the weakest muscle we have as people is, is the one between our ears. And that's the, and that's the truth. And I remember hearing that 30 years ago, toward time, like 20 something years ago, when I was down um, in a training camp, uh, working with some, some coaches, them saying that and i've heard that throughout my my time and even in academia you know doing a lot of the research things that i had done in, in sports psychology that that's if we can condition that muscle that one between your ears that's the weakest part of most people you know and the benefits that that come from pushing yourself and and that could be for me i, I chose ultras because i should i was told i i, I shouldn't be able to run you look at me, I shouldn't be able to run, but it's that training. And once you do that, once you accomplish that, and that could be anything, it could be a, a weightlifting thing. It could just be a, could be anything that, that you, that you're not good at and you struggle with. When you can push past that and you can you show yourself that you can, it changes you. It changes mm -hmm. you in anything, you know, like, and that's the thing where we're, we're lacking as a whole. And, and that's why things people that you see like David Goggins is so popular. And with what he does, I don't recommend that to anyone. Because it, it, the, one of the things he doesn't talk about as much is some of the injuries he's he's suffered because of that and some of the other things. But what he's right about is you have to get outside of that comfort zone and to push yourself. Because when you do that, that's going to make anything else that you see around easier. In the, the first ultra I did, it was we had that a bomb. It's called a bomb cyclone. I'll never forget that ever in my life. And it ended up being like the race started at like negative six, negative seven degrees. Some people it's debatable. Some people said it was colder, but it doesn't matter. It's just freaking cold. And it finished at like four degrees. When you realize that you can run in that and you're f everything you have is frozen and you stop to, you know, to get water, to get whatever, if you're freezing and you're like, I stopped too long, I shouldn't have stopped by the fire. And, you, and then you keep going again and you keep moving and you realize that you can do anything because you can survive in that environment. You can do anything. There's nothing in the world that's going to stop you from accomplishing whatever it is that you want to do. You know, I look at, I look at my time when I was in the army and when I started working normal adult jobs after I got out and then I was out of school and, and everything. And I, I always just remember being like, people like, oh, how's, how is it? Is it, you know, and like, well, no one's shooting at me. So that's a good thing. You know, I'm not going to get blown up here at work, you know? And so you get this perspective of things. So, you know, like when you go do hard stuff and it again, doesn't always have to be physically hard stuff. It could be like a mentally hard thing. Once you can break those barriers, you're going to move beyond whatever it is that, that that's holding you back and you're going to hit, goals and accomplish things you never thought you'd accomplish before, you know? And, and that's why I would say, get out and, and try it, get out and try an ultra. Make sure you prep the right way, but you can do it. And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting, man. I feel like I've, I've been thinking a lot about this lately and, and I think it all boils down to perspective because and I've talked about this before on, on prior podcasts, but one's perspective and you know, how they perceive a given situation is their reality. So you could take two people 
and put them in the same environment, but whether they view that as hard or easy or normal is based completely on their perspective and what they've done in their life prior to that point. So it truly becomes just a matter of, you know, broadening your perspective, which is done by going through more things and experiencing more trying situations. Um, I mean, somebody that's, that's never done anything difficult with their life, here's, you know, this podcast and here's you talking about running an ultra marathon with, with very little training. And it's like just this immovable wall in front of them. That's just an obstacle they can't even fathom crossing. But, you know, I don't suggest anybody do that necessarily unless they're just kind of forced into it and you have to adapt on the fly. <laughs> but just simply, you know, moving your perspective needle a little bit day after day, week after week, year after year, you know, that that continues to broaden and what you once thought was just impossible now just becomes a day to day. And I think that is a huge, huge takeaway. And you, you see a lot of people just get comfortable and then when they when they get comfortable, when they become complacent, their perspective also becomes stagnant. And that's when that's when there's no growth. So I, I think for me personally, I I'm trying to adopt this new philosophy, especially going forward with this this 2019 year. I want to do something hard every single day. Like I'm I'm gonna call it, I don't know, do hard shit every damn day. <laughs> that's that's the theme for the year. But I want to do something that pushes my perspective needle forward. And if I do that consistently, by the end of this year, you know, it, it just keeps compounding on itself. And then I'll do it again in 2020, then 2021. And you just keep doing that and you literally become a machine and a freaking superhuman as far as superhumans go. And, and once you believe that you can accomplish anything, then then you truly can. I, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, one of those things too, and, and, and if I can add up what you say, sometimes it's not necessarily just hard stuff. It might be just a, a change in your routine, right? So one of the things I, I do just because to break up some of the monotony and keep me semi fresh, if you will, is I take a, I drive a different way to work every day. And sometimes I might I, I might drive 20 miles out of the way to get to work, but it's maybe doing something like that where it's like, hey, you're just exposing yourself to something a little different. And maybe for me, I hate traffic, so I might go in a, in a heavy traffic zone in rush hour, which to me is an exercise in patience because I hate I hate traffic, especially at rush hour. Or it might be at like in the office, you know, using your mouse, the left hand, you know, or opposite hand, whatever your hand is, is your, your non-dominant hand. You know, offhand mousing is another great challenge that's not physically hard, but it's going to frustrate the heck out of you as you, as you, as you go. And finding little things like that, that, that puts you out of that, that, that comfort zone. And the comfort zone, again, it is not always physical. It might be, it's just a little bit harder to do something, you know. Sure, sometimes it might be bike, bike to work or, or run to work or you know, park at the farthest place you can park and walk and, you know, add in some extra bricks to your book bag and uh, or your work bag or whatever is and, and, and walk that extra way. You know, so it's it's a finding a variety of challenges. Again, not just physically hard things, but sometimes just that cognitively hard things. You know, one of the big things I always tell people, especially as they're getting older, is, you know, is non-dominant hand mousing or left hand mousing. That will mess you up and frustrate you so much at work. Or any in anything, try try reading emails like that, you know, or, or using a split keyboard, some things like that as well, you know. Those are the things that they, that from a motor behavior standpoint will again sharpen us and make us more focused. And you know, it's not necessarily nootropic, but it can be a performance enhancer. Yeah, totally, totally agree. I, I want to to learn a new language for that reason specifically. I feel mm -hmm. like learning a new language is a great illustration of you know going back to like the primitive you know, you know, nothing, you have no, no asset, you got to yeah. you know, just figure things out as you go. But I think that would be a really good exercise in, you know, patience, um, and just getting outside of my comfort zone. And that's, that's the main thing, getting outside of your oh, comfort sure. zone. Like, I, I can push myself very hard in a bodybuilding, and you know, from a bodybuilding perspective, because I've been doing it for, you know, 10 years now. But for me to go run, uh, you know, several miles in a marathon was, was far outside of my mm -hmm. comfort zone, but I wanted to prove to myself that I could. And then now that I've done it, I have that much more confidence going forward with, you know, a totally unrelated area outside my comfort zone. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm in a, I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you now. <laughs> excuse me. If I can, but one of the things you said about perspective and, and I, it's just so funny you said, because in with ultra running and trail running, sometimes it's not like it, 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 it'll frustrate road runners because, you know, five miles on a road is sometimes it's different than five miles on a trail. You can deal with technicals and different terrains and things like that. And mm -hmm. sometimes you do races, you know, 
people, ultra runners are just, that community is just kind of just off, off kilter, right? It's off axis. We're a little different and, and I love it. But in a race, sometimes you'll see things. It's like, it doesn't even make sense. I, I have to run up that hill that I can reach out in front of me and touch like, and it's covered in mud. Why would I, you know, like sometimes it's just, it just doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's nonsensical. And so I, I was it the ninth ultra I did it. What is a, one of the last four or five that I've done somewhere in there. There was one of those ones where it was a place where we, they, they even advertise the fact that locals will come in and just move the flags around and they'll just mess with you. And it's, you know, like, it's just a crazy. And, um, I was a victim of that. I, I ended up, you know, in a 50 K, which is 31, you know, 31.1 miles. I ended up doing like almost 44 miles because of uh, just different, uh, you know, people mess with the flags and, um, you know, just some odd turns. And, uh, it was just one of those, was crazy. A lot of water crossings running up hills. It just makes sense. And it wasn't that bad because are you familiar with the book man search for meaning by Victor Frankel? I have not read that one. Do yourself a favor. And, um, when you talk about perspective, read that. It, it will is what I remember reading in, in the army and, I, and I, I've read it a few times since. And I was listening to that one during this race and I never once, you know, like it just, everything to me didn't seem bad in that race. All the wrong turns, all the extra miles, all just the ridiculous running through swamps and up hills that made no sense to me. Nothing seemed that bad because Victor Frankel, who's a, a neuropsychologist or psychiatrist, he was a survivor of four concentration camps in, in World War II. And he, and he talks about this and, and just the living minute by minute, you know, and, you know, he survived Auschwitz and Dachau and he, he, he talks about this, his experiences there. And it's, it's, it's unfathomable. Like you can't imagine the things that he went through. And then when you talk about it, you just like, and it shows just the breakdown of the human spirit and what we will do to survive and what we have to do and the compromise we make. And at the end of the day, it puts things in perspective that nothing ever feels that bad. Nothing that you ever will go through is that bad. And you, you can push through. And, and so for me, getting that perspective as I was going through the, all these wrong turns on this race and all this stuff, nothing has ever seemed that bad because I was hearing again, you know, as he, what he was going through and, and recounting, all, you know, like going through that story. So if you haven't read that and you want to talk about perspective, read that book. To me, it's one of those things that I have my oldest son. It's, it's on his reading list. Like, this is what I want you to read. He's, eight, he's in college now. And this is what I want you to do because they, you know, kids now, they live a relatively easy life, you know, even from 20 years ago, everything is at the touch of a screen or, or whatever. And um, it can put things in perspective. And if that doesn't put things in perspective for you, then I don't know what kind of person you are. It's, you know, when you hear those, to- those yeah. stories, it, it changes the way you think about stuff. And I've been, I've been pretty blessed to go through some pretty horrific things during my time in the military. And even prior to that, it, it, having a, a, a a broad world experience and, and seeing how other people live in, in the world. And, you know, and, and that story as well, just, again, just rings true the same things. You know, what's important in life, what really matters. And it helps you put things in perspective. So t- check it out, Man's Search for Meaning. I will definitely check that one out. Have you read, um, uh, I believe it's called Spartan Up by Joe Decina? Yeah, I, I've, I've, I'm a little bit into it. I, I generally read like five books at once, so, or listen to five books at once, depends on what I'm, what I'm doing. And so, I've been more listening now, but I do have this. I do actually have the book on a few. Yeah, that that one I've I've read that one. Um, Joe Decina is the guy that that created the Spartan race mm-hmm. uh, and whatnot, which is just growing in popularity like crazy. But his original race, the Death Race, um, I was reading on that, and it, it's crazy because he he would do things specifically to screw with people's minds. Um, because like when you're running an ultra long distance, you know, marathon and you have all these obstacles in front of you and trying to figure out the best way to strategically reach the goal. The, a lot of, a lot of, like for me, a lot of what makes things more of a challenge is just the unknown. Like my first competition prep was the hardest one because there's just this unknown factor. Anytime you do something for the first time, there's just fear of the unknown that amplifies your anxiety, your stress, and everything that comes along with doing something hard and makes it that much more of a challenge so he on these races he would not there would be no designated finish line there would be no final obstacle there would be no finish point so he would just basically go until people just started dropping out and then he would adjust based off of that you know how to you know push them even harder but not knowing when the finish is 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 a crazy challenge and 
I've tried to adopt that in whatever small way I can just throughout my day to day. Like when I'm doing a, like a Stairmaster doing cardio, for instance, I'll try not to look at the time because I don't want to know what the time is. Just simply not seeing things in a finish line perspective, I think is really advantageous for people's overall growth. And, and, and to kind of build off of that even more, people, you know, they'll diet down for a competition or they'll, they'll do like a summer shredding to get looking good for the summertime or a cruise or a wedding or whatever. But one of people's biggest faults, in my opinion, is they view life in this, you know, start and finish perspective where they do all this stuff to, to reach this specific goal. And then after that goal has been reached or after that time limit has been, uh, you know, crossed, it's just over. They've crossed the finish line and then, then they just let themselves go. But I've really tried to adopt this, this mentality of there is no finish line. Like the finish line is when you die. When you take your last breath, that is the finish line. So if you don't put these, you know, just monotonous stopping points throughout your life, you'll you'll gain so much more momentum and you'll be able to carry that throughout your life and you'll be able to make so much more headway than if you just throw up your hands in in a finishing mentality with anything, you know? You know, the, it's the things I've, I've talked about previous in some, I think it's a podcast post I've done, but the goal is to be the, it's to be the fittest corpse in the cemetery, right? To be the, yeah. excuse, the, the hottest, the hottest corpse there, you know, at the, above the age of 90 or, you know what I'm saying? You know, that's the goal. Like that, it's, it's funny. It's, it plays right off exactly what you said. Like that's the finish line, you know, like uh, that's when you, that's, you summed it up pretty much right there. Like, but the goal it's to be, I want to be the strongest, you know, fittest, you know, centenarian, the, you know, 110 year old person in the, in the cemetery. You know, I want to have a, a corpse that's, you know, going to have to fit my, you know, muscular frame or whatever it is I, I have. Like, that's the end. <laughs> that's the end state, you know, being able to not just play with grandkids, but play with great grandkids. You know, that's, you know, like we use it or lose it. And unfortunately, so many of us lose it way too young, you know, and, and that might be because of really because of that space between our ears. It really is the weakest part of our bodies. You know, like, and I even accepted that for a long time. I was guilty of it myself. And, you know, sometimes you got to relearn some things and redo things, but you, all the, the things that the influences come from around us, it's like, you know, I, I do, I talk with my in-laws and my, my, my father-in-law is 77 now. And you know, oh, he can't, he's like, I can't do this. I'm like, oh. I was like well, BS, you, you can do this. You, you don't, be, you can't because you don't. I said, you start doing that and you can. And now, He's starting to do some squats again, some air squat. And now he's finding his, oh, his hips are a little looser now. And, you know, we do some mobility work. It's like, you know, I remember a decade ago when I would work with, um, you know, people at the, at the hospital, like I'd have these 60 and 70, I think a senior citizens, you know, CrossFit style class, you know, where they're doing Olympic lifts. And you know, obviously we scaled and got them to that point, but it's, you have to, you, you can't stop doing the things. And once you stop, you got to relearn how to do them all over again and get to that point because, you know, just because you're 50 and 60, it doesn't mean you have to stop. You stop those things, you let it go. You know, like you let it go when you're with that last breath. That's when you say, okay, I'm done. I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of thing. Yeah, I've really tried to, you know, gain perspective in the sense of different generations and, and what lessons I can learn from every every person. I don't ever want to think that I'm above, you know, people younger than me or, about people or them, like I really try and have an open mind and learn whatever I can from every person out there because there's something to be learned from everyone. Um, and I, I look at the younger generation. And I really try and you know feed into what their mindset is around their responsibility levels and and what their expectation is at that age. And it seems like a lot of the younger generation they they feel like they're they're not supposed to do this yet in life, and this may take the shape of you know a business or their career or, or whatever it may be. But it seems like they oftentimes don't think they should be doing a certain thing until they're, you know, 25 or 35 or somewhere in that general window. And then I talk a lot of the older generation and it's like the inverse. They, they think once they've crossed the 45 or the 55 mile marker, that's just like, okay, I, I'm too old for that. So when you break it down, it's like, okay, from 25 to, to 45 is your, your window opportunity to accomplish everything you're supposed to do in life. I mean, that's 20 years, which if you live to, be 80 years old and that's not much time in the grand scheme of things so why draw this picture this line the sand of okay this is this is my time to shine why don't you just shine from the moment you're able to walk to the moment you can't walk anymore you know i agree with you 100 percent, man it's it's true 
true. You know, like um, it's there's so it, it gets to the point where I get I get really excited when I talk about this stuff. But it's it, sometimes it's almost cliche, and you, you know, it's just the sayings and things that you can talk about. But you know, one of the things that the, the, like that was the shirt I sent you and the one I I, I wear a lot is says you know it'll feel better when it stops hurting. You know that kind of thing. It's it, it's 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 a talk to a mindset. You know, just keep going, just keep going, don't stop. You know. Uh, oh, you're in pain. Well, that's good. You know why? Because that means you're not dead. Because you can still feel it. So let's keep going. You know, and it's it's taking that mindset and applying it to, to everything that we do. And one of the things that just in, in my wife and I we go back and forth like this, and you know, because she's oh so hard with this. It's like no, it's not. Nothing is nothing. Nothing's hard that we do. Yeah, there's some stress involved. That's just life. You know, it's you take the good and you take the bad, and, and that's it. Like. It's it's what we do. It's it's how we react to the to the adversity. You know what do we do? You know, like yeah, having worked as a as a engineer and in, in, in a contract capacity places, I've switched jobs a lot. I've taken different contracts, and and that can be stressful. A contract comes to an end. What do I do? Well, oh, I was supposed to go another you know another six months, and it didn't. Well, you get out and you you find something else. That's just what happens. You know, like you just move on. Oh, I I, I blew my macros. Oh, I gained a couple pounds. I gained 30 pounds. Oh, well, back on the wagon. All right. Now we see what we did. Now let's move forward. You know, like it's reflection is great. You know, being introspective and, and that's great. But dwelling on that stuff, you know, that, that's that dichotomous thinking, that, that that binary thought process that that derails us on our goals and our journeys. And it's not like journeys. It's just your life. It's just life in general. You know, and I see that in the, in the, in the white collar world, it, working at office. Oh, well, this person hasn't emailed me back or the printer's not working or you know, like, oh, they haven't, I'm waiting on this to happen. And it's like, one of the reasons I, I, I'm effective in my job is because it's not that I know what I'm doing. I, I really don't most of the time, but I don't let anything stop me. Oh, the printer's not working. Okay. Well, I'll just figure out a different printer to work. Oh, they didn't, they didn't reply to my email in time. Well, I'm just going to go, I'm going to drive to your office. I'm going to go find you. I'm going to talk to you face to face. You know, oh, well, the gate's locked. Well, I'm going to climb the fence. You, you know, it, it, those types of things. It's, it's just life. And if we change the way we, we think, it's going to change the way we live. And yeah, life is hard. It's a grind. It's a grind for everyone. You know, you grind. I, I see it on YouTube every day when I, when I watch, you know, when I watch your dailies and stuff. Hey, you're going through the grind. You know, you have good days and bad days. You have more good than bad. At least that's how, how it looks. But you just keep doing it because that's what we do because that's living. If we focus on the bad, then we're never going to go anywhere. We're never going to make those goals. And so Getting on the other side, that's what, what makes us better. That's how we get past these things. That's how we live. Whether it's running 50 miles or 100 miles, whether it's getting ready for your show, whether it's just doing TPS reports, if that's a real thing, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, like, whatever. Like, it's just, it's just what we do. It's mindset, perspective. Yeah. You know, like, when I, I think about Victor Frankl not surviving one concentration camp, but four, where he's living minute to minute. It's like, holy cow. I can't imagine what that life is. I remember going out on, on, on missions and things like that. Like, hey, are we going to come back? Or are we not going to come back? I guess we never really thought about that. It was going and doing a job, you know, kicking down a door or whatever it is we had to do and finding someone. You know, like, it's just you You got to keep moving on. I had this great podcast called Guest Friends Podcast. And, and on it, there was a, um, a woman and she was just talking about her time as a young girl growing up in the Depression and the stuff that her dad had to do to find work. And he had, he had walked 100 miles to a job because they didn't have a car. And he, he walked literally 100 miles to get a job. And they didn't know when he was going to be back. He, she thought it was how he slept on the side of the road. And this was like night, whatever the depression was, the, the 30s or whatever, 40s, 30s, 20s, 30s. I can't remember. <laughs> the dates, I should know better. But, you know, like, that's what you do. And, and this woman is, is, she's in her 90s now. And she's just sharp as a tack. She doesn't look back in anything with ill memories. And she's, that's just what we did. That's what he did to provide for us. And she talks about her life working in, you know, some of the factories and things like that here in, in Detroit. Yeah. It's on, on that note, man, I was reading, um, uh, oh, shoot, what's it called? I'm just drawing a blank. It's one of the books by Jocko Willink. Um, but he was talking about how he's, you know, trained and been a leader for people from all different walks of life. Some born wealthy, some born poor, people of all different skin colors, just people from all all different ranges, all different spectrums. And you know, one of the points he made was like people from all over the place, they all have the same choice to make. The choice is do they push to the limit or do they not push to the limit? And and so many people live in this comparison mindset or they, they feel, you know, self-entitled for some reason or another, or they feel like they can't do something because they were dealt this bad hand cards at birth, you know, but you really just got to kind of 
you know, take take whatever cards you're dealt and and do your own hand and make the most of your life because you have the choice to do so. It's exactly. I mean, it's just the truth. And, and I know on on, on on your podcast that we talked a lot about, you know, diet and nutrition, but so much of this, this journey is mindset as well. And, and they, they, they do play off each other. I, I'll tell you that just, you know, understanding the macros and, and the effects that they, that does have hormonally on our body is a huge thing, you know, and that can help reinforce that mindset. I know it, it's helped me. It's worked for me. But again, that space between our ears, you know, that hits that muscle between our ears. That is that point of failure for so many people, you know, and um, in that perspective that you're talking about, like, yeah, you can't control the hand you're dealt, you know, but you can control how you how you react and what you do to move past that or move beyond that or make your situation better. 100 percent, man. 100 percent. I can dive into mindset all day long with you, man. But let's talk about some of the, the technical aspects of running these ultra long distances that you are what what are some what are some some tips techniques tricks just kind of protocol that you like to you know use yourself and would recommend for somebody going forward that's wanting to push their body in that fashion uh you know for like an ultra endurance uh run well to, to me the, the biggest thing is that you have to understand that you're not gonna run it like you run a, a normal race and yeah, an ultra like a 50k is only six six miles longer than a regular marathon. But even if you're, you know, I guess if you're running like sub three hour marathons, you're probably gonna have a pretty good 50k time. But you're not really running them the same. Like you're not preparing these things the same the same way. So you have to understand that that mindset going in is that you're probably not gonna set a PR, uh, especially on a trail course. Pretty much, um, the big thing that uh, the two things I always think are more important. Uh, the most important is one making sure you your body is how do I say this prepared to do this not necessarily from a physiological standpoint but from a structural standpoint and so one of the big saving graces I had was uh, outside of the zero drop shoes is is I did a ton of yoga and a ton of mobility work and so those are the, the big things because if your body's not in alignment it's gonna break down like if you you know if your car needs an alignment you're not gonna drive it because if you do it's gonna break our bodies are the same way and the majority of us out there, the crazy thing is our body is such a remarkable machine that it will rewire itself and, you know, it'll use, it'll fire to other muscle groups to compensate for those imbalances. And so for me, the big thing is always mobility work. So now I'm, I've been on a push now just to try, try to do yoga at least, at least five times a week. And so if you don't, if you can't do that, just some foam rolling and just mobility work. Um, and I look at it, things like it is a joint by joint approach, right? So for every joint that needs stability, the run directly above and below it need mobility. And so our ankles have to be, we need more mobility in our ankles. That kills a lot of people. Uh, same with hips and then, you know, thoracic spine mobility and then everything else above and below needs to be stable. And so, um, things like yoga and Pilates are huge. Um, you can follow things like mobility wad and you can get some good, get some good tips from there. I, I have this, uh, I have a bat, my background is kinesiology. And uh, even though I don't work as an engineer, I um, that's where my my goal is, is is was working in like in re rehab and in performance training and in research in, in that realm. And so, so mobility I think is 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 really important. And so, before we tackle anything like that, you always need to have you know that that part of your workout going is, is mobility. And so, um, I think Kelly Strett said he always says that you know. A, 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 for every hour, you need to have 10 to 15 minutes of mobility work. And that's true. And so that's a big thing. Uh, second thing is, is, is really strength training. It's one of the things that runners just don't do enough about is that you have to, your body for a lot of the, like keto people, like the engine burns is, 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 is efficient. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah. like for you, like the engine's efficient and I'm, I'm sure you actually probably have a, a great deal of power up, but for me as, as a, as a Husky runner, you know, or as a Clydesdale, uh, one of the things that I was noticing is that I could I could hold a pace for an extended period of time, but I wasn't able to get the power. And so I, I switched some of the training that I was doing. I started doing um, I started doing a lot more strength training, and so um, and added that into it. And that that also made a, a big difference um, for when I really started putting out some 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 faster times for me. And so um, where I went wrong was is I was just there was just the the the, the cumulative workload of everything from an entire year. Um, really just took its toll 
And so uh, I had a pretty rough stretch from September to November where I had done three ultras, you know, a, a marathon, um, a half marathon. And then it was, I did like five races in six weeks, you know, from the end of September to the beginning of November. So that one really set me back. So, um, I was really struggling with my last one. So I've been in that recovery process. Uh, and then, uh, slow miles, you know, uh, really building an aerobic base. Um, one of the things I really thought I came up with, which I realized that I didn't, um, because someone had, had figured it out along before me was, is the Maffetone method, which is really good for endurance. So it's a lot of just, um, in essence, submaximal cardio. Um, and so you, it's really just building your aerobic base and then you add in some, some speed work, you know, once every 10 days or so and some strength work. Um, so it's called the, the Maffetone, Maffetone method. method. Yeah. And so I, it was funny cause I was like, I was listening to a podcast and this was, I want to say maybe in like August and I, and I was really thought I'd come up with this great new methodology and training thing. And then I heard on a podcast, I'm like, wait, what? And then they were talking about the Maffetone method. I'm like, this is really similar to what I'm doing. So I guess I should, you know, look at that. And so, um, one of the things I, I've realized though, from if you're, for me, if, if you're at a point where you're trying to lose weight and get fit, it's probably not going to be the best thing for you. If you're already like a, a fit athlete that runs, it's going to make your, it's going to increase your, 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 your time. It's going to make you better. If you're already at a point where you're a good runner and you're not looking to lose weight. Mm -hmm. And so, cause that's one of the things when I was really following the, the strict math, Maffetone method, I, I stopped losing weight. And so, and, um, which is, you know, I'm still trying, I'm root causing some of those things, but a lot of it just came from just chronic workload and, um, adrenal fatigue is what I've kind of come to that point where I just, it was just too much for my body to, to handle. And so anyways, so, so what would, uh, the Maffetone method look like if you were to describe that and kind of map it out, if somebody wanted to, to try it, what, what is it? Yeah. So you'd wear, so really you're, you, you train at your math heart rate or your math. So it's your, um, max arterial function or max aerobic function, which is, uh, pretty much 180, 180 minus your age. And so for me, I, I'm 39, so uh, I'll just round up to 40. So it I would be 141 would be my math rate. So I would train at that rate, whether it be run, bike, swim, it would be at that heart rate. And I'd do that for, you know, you know, four, four sessions a week or whatever it was. And then I might add in like a, a session where I'm just doing some sprints, mm -hmm. you know, some where I'm focusing on max power output and form. So maybe 60, 80 yard sprints in doing that. I'm taking some liberties with, with, with the math method. So it's a little more detailed than that. And then you can throw in some, some weights as well, some weight training. And so it's a little more, I can, it's a little more nuanced than that, but that's kind of the gist of it. And so and it's effective. It really is. But I found it's, it's probably more effective if you're already at a point where you are a good runner and you're just at a, you're plateauing. And so for me, I'm still trying to, you know, I'm still trying to get under 200 pounds. I'd love to get to like 185. Um, and so that's kind of my goal for 20, uh, 2019 is to get down that low. And so now I'm going to focus really more on, uh, I'm doing kind of a, a keto carnivore, re, like kind of a carnivore reset for three weeks and I'll just be strict keto. And uh, I'm going to focus on strength training, um, a couple of heavy days and then a couple of hit days and, you know, maybe one run a week. And so I remember when you, when you emailed me saying that you were going to incorporate a lot more resistance training. I think that was, I want to say that was like mid year. Uh, 2018, but it's 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 cool to see that since doing that, all of your running, uh, you know, was outperforming the months prior when you weren't incorporating any resistance training. Oh, for sure, it, you know, and that that's again one of those things. I think the runners are so, especially road runners, they get very stuck in their mindset and their ways and such. But um, yeah, once I started really adding that more in, like I started getting faster, you know, you know like they, and that was that made a huge difference in terms of, uh, for me out. So, so yeah, so that's why I would say mobility work first, you know, like, listen, if you, if you're like, if you're, if you try to lose weight and, and you're struggling, start with yoga, right? Before you start an exercise program, because if you're, if you start training and you, you, your body's not in line, so you're going to do all this work to lose weight while training and you're going to develop these imbalances and it's going to, it's going to end up setting you back long-term. Right. And so, you know, start slow, um, start with yoga. And, and then, you know, and really focus on your nutrition, you know, and eating and figuring out what works best for you, what, you know, macro ratio, or, you know, if you want to do paleo, you do keto, whatever it is you want to do, you know, figure it out that way, but start with that yoga. And that's a good workout too. You know, like it's, it's not like a, it's not a bad workout. Right? And and I'm going to, I'm going to start doing this, man. It's called yoga studio app is the name of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yoga studio costs a couple bucks, but I'm telling you, it's, uh, I mean, 
I do it at work. Like I'll go down and um, I'll, we have uh, like between our lab and there's like a it's a bathroom with a kind of some locker. And I go in there and it's all I'll be doing it there and people like walking like you okay, dude? <laughs> I'm like yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm just doing some yoga. So um, so yeah, but the, the, you know to me when you start that way, it's it's only gonna it, it's 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 setting you up with a, with the right base, right? I would say it it, it starts with nutrition. Once you start moving, make sure you move in the right way first. And so instead of a lot of people, they don't understand, like, you know, foam rolling is not fun. It's not, you know, in myofascial work and, you know, active release techniques and it's painful. You know, you aced him. That's, that's, it doesn't feel good, but you need it, but you can't really, a lot of people won't do that on their own. And so when I say, Hey, you know, do this yoga, that's why that DDP yoga is, is great. You know, like it, it has a lot of that stuff already there. Like, you know. Um, but just yoga in general, when you, when you're holding these poses and, and it's again, loosening you up and it's, it's, it's starting the right way. And then when you want to start add, adding in weights and things like that, if you really want to, a lot of people can get just, uh, get in really good shape, just doing yoga, you know, it depends on what, it, it all depends on what your goals are. But I would say, you know, even when I was, you know, when I was coaching, um, athletes, we would always, everything we were doing, we were doing a lot of yoga, you know, to dig for injury prevention, for longevity. Or sanity at times, you know, like it, it, that's where the base starts with. What's so. your opinion of like chiropractic services and, and, and working on that, like skeletal alignment and whatnot? You know, like it's, I, I don't have an issue with it. I, I don't, um, I've, a lot of the stuff you, you, it's, it's almost easier to get into a chiropractor than it's maybe it's like an osteopath, mm -hmm. like an osteopathic doctor that can do those manipulations in terms of neck cranks, things like that. I'm not really sure, you know, the, how that, you know, um, I don't know if it's placebo or what, but I know that with some of the alignment stuff, yeah, it's really good. You know, a lot of the, I'm certified uh, to do like the kinesiology taping and some other movement stuff through a company called Rock Tape. And a lot of that is, is chiropractors, you know, and they kind of, they're really into that mobility work. And, and, and that is in essence what you're, what they're, what they're, they're helping you out do, helping you do, you know? And so I, I don't have any issues with with chiropractors. I, I think some of the some of the stuff you can is is it can be can get kind of snake oily, yeah. but some of the stuff is it, well is valid. You know, like yes, you you know, like well then they always every chiropractor they're like, oh, your hips are out of line. Well, yeah, your hips are out of line. I can fit. I can do a couple of release things, and I can fix that in in about two minutes. You know, but it's one of those things that you have to keep doing it, you know, if you know how to stretch right and do some manipulation. I, I had a pretty significant back injury, I guess, two or three weeks ago now. And it was strange because I'd, I'd stretched, I'd warmed up, I had done, you know, I was pretty proactive with, you know, not, you know, preventing injury. Um, but it took me out for the count. I was pretty much immobile for two weeks almost. And, you know, it, it really made me dig deep and, and try to be more proactive. Uh, you know, going forward with just anything I can do to improve my alignment, just make sure my, my skeletal structure is, is ready to go. Um, my muscular stru structure is good to go. But, you know, the, the longer you're in a, a sport like this, like bodybuilding for me, you know, running for you, the longer you're in it, the more you see people, uh, you know, like the veterans in it, put more of an emphasis towards proactive injury prevention. You know, when you're young, you're dumb. You're just like, I don't care. I'm not going to get hurt. And you just feel like you're, you know, Superman and you just keep going forward, charging forward. But now I sound like I'm an old man or something, but now I'm really taking a keen interest towards just whatever I can do, you know, including yoga, chiropractic service, deep, deep tissue massage, you know, alignment, anything and everything really. Like I just want to be as, as focused towards longevity as possible so that I can continue to lift heavy and hard you know, well into my forties, fifties and sixties and beyond, as opposed to just in my twenties and thirties. Yep. I mean, for sure. And, uh, and it's all the stuff you're doing is, is, is proper, is the proper steps. Like I can't tell people enough of, you know, like massage is important. It, it, it is, uh, because sometimes you can't get all, all your trigger points and all those releases that you, you just can't. Um, and sometimes you can't put, you won't put yourself through that pain, but you know, and, Again, if we get out of line a little bit, and even if you do proper warm, but if your muscles aren't firing sequentially in the, in the right order, it can throw you off. You know, um, there's a there's a lot of little you know variables and little and nuance to it. But you know, when um this is this is kind of this is the kind of the tra this is the tragic thing of of my story. And in all honesty, is that my my my, my background's kinesiology. I, I went to my graduate. Uh, I went to I got my bachelor's and my master's, and I'm an ABD, so I, I didn't. I stopped at, at my dissertation for a lot of reasons, but I spent a lot of time actually helping other people, 
you know, whether it be people learning how to walk again and coming up with treatment methods and, you know, things to help them. And I could never, I never help myself, you know? So, you know, these things, it's like, I understand some of the, the, the nuances and, and I spent so much time helping other people. I never could do that for myself. And so as I moved forward in this past year, I've taken a lot of the things that I did with other people and used that on myself to prepare myself for this runs and things like that. To me, the big issue I, I was my relationship with carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. And once I changed that and realized that, because to be honest, like, you know, when I was in school, I had a minor in dietetics and you never talked about that stuff. You always talked about balanced diets and all this, you know, and, uh, one of the things I've learned is that I have my carb sensitivity and that would derail me all the time. And so even if I might only be getting in, <laughs> excuse me, X amount of calories, if you know, a third of that or two thirds that comes from carbs, I'm screwed, you know, like, and, and that's one of the reasons. And so once I've kind of put all this stuff together, Understanding the way my di- my body reacts to, to the diet and to the you know and and nutritionally, and then adding to the exercise, it's it's made it for me someone who shouldn't be able to run. It's made it easy to run. But you know when you invest that time into yourself, you have to. Otherwise, you're not going to be that old guy doing the stuff. I mean, I look at Mark Sisson, and I'm like, holy cow! Like the guy's like I don't know how old he is, but he's a silver fox. You know what I'm saying? Like he's on his paddle boards and you know doing his stuff. Yeah, like that's what I want to be. You know, and so. It, you know, like you, you, you adopt some of those things and you invest in yourself. That's the, you know, that's, that's huge. And that investment might be hey, 10 minutes of yoga, 15 minutes of yoga, you know, and, and understand where your imbalances are and getting a massage, seeing a chiropractor, seeing, you know, like whatever things that you need to add in your, in your lexicon to help you, then do it. Make the investment in yourself. It's worth it. Totally agree, man. And I'm definitely going to make more of an active role in, 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 in doing that because I've always pushed it aside you know, up until this point in my life, but I think I'm going to be significantly more proactive in, in incorporating those, you know, mobility movements and just everything and everything else really, because there's no reason not to, you just have to take, like, it's like with everything in life, you have to take the initiative, you have to make time for it, you know? Well, and you have to get back beyond what we've, we've been conditioned to think, you know, like we, you, you think about things like the way we think about how we're, you know, like even now it's hard to like, Oh, I, I see the supplement in this magazine. Oh, I need to take this. It's going to help me get ripped. You know, it's going to help me do this. And I know that's not going to happen. You know, I know that, you know, certain ways of exercising isn't going to help me out, but I still do it because that's what I've always learned. You know, and that's what we've always seen. You know, we see other people do things and, oh, this is what works. Same with yoga. Oh, yoga is for housewives or yoga is this. Well, it's like, well, no, we actually need this. Yoga is for everyone. You know, like we have to unlearn so many of these things. You know, I don't need to take Cellucor. That stuff's, that stuff's not good for me. It's going to kill me, you know, or it'd be one of those things, you know, but the advertisements sure look cool, you know, so I want to buy it. We have to unprogram ourselves from, you know, Chris Kresser, I think you referred to it as like nutritional groupthink. Yeah. You know, like the way we've been conditioned to think about things, whether it be exercise, or it's the same thing. I completely agree, man. Completely. That's, that's why keto and the whole keto space is cool because it's so far against the grain that it's forced people to step outside their their normal groupthink and, and dive into the new research and what's being discovered and just kind of like self-experimentation, honestly, like how does this make you feel? Like being open-minded and in tune with your body enough to, to recognize when you feel better than you did prior, you know? Oh, 100%. And, and this, this, and I've kind of looked at this journey, you know, is you gotta, is you can't just, for me, it was being that change. People had to see me lose the weight and see the things I was doing and, oh, hey, maybe I'll, that's work for him. Maybe I'll try it. Because you can sit and explain to someone, but until they actually see, they're not going to do it until they, you know, can see it. And then they maybe try it themselves. And it's that whole process. They got to come to that decision. I mean, I've, my wife and I went back and forth for, she told me I was going to die and I was going to kill myself and have a heart attack. And you know, for the first few months I did keto and she ended up doing keto mm-hmm. herself. And she's a nurse. So she knows everything. It's a nurse joke. If you know nurses, they think they know everything. <laughs> and so, um, and that's how, that's how her, her, her mom is. She comes from a, a whole line of, of nurses and, and she even feels better when she does it, you know, when she cycles off, she's, she's got a fantastic carb tolerance, so she can eat whatever she wants and it doesn't really affect her, but she feels better when she, when she reduces carbs. And so, so like even herself, she's like, oh yeah, she's like, Hey, there's something to this keto stuff. I'm like, Hey, I thought you said it was going to kill me, you know, mm-hmm. but I guess you can't argue when you lose, you know, a couple hundred pounds, you know, I mean, it's one of the things it's, it's like a person by person journey, you know, like you got to get that audience and, and convince them, you know, and then to me, like I said, it's, kind of with what I'm doing with Arsenal of Hope now is I'm just trying to reach one veteran at a time and, uh, and impact that way. It's the same thing with, with the, you know, the keto sphere, the nutritional sphere, you have to, it's that one-on-one interaction or that reaching that person 
to not just convince them because you're not selling them anything. You're showing, you know, like they have to be open to receive that information. When they do, it's going to, it's going to change them. You know, once they experience it, like, holy cow. Absolutely, man. Speaking on that, you know, your journey and and Arsenal hope of everything there involves within, you know, you had a heck of a year, 2018. Well, what do you have going, going forward with, you know, building, building that foundation for yourself and for, for others with Arsenal hope? So um, thanks. Thanks for asking. One of the things that, I've realized that, you know, you always have these ideas of what we want to do, but we have to focus them and, and figure out what we're really good at and, and then and go from there. And, and so for me, I, I had a lot of these things I wanted to do with, you know, um, with, you know, affecting, you know, veterans and showing them, you know, about carb restriction, keto. And it's not necessarily, um, how do I say this? It's still not one of those things where I can say, hey, this is what our main goal is. And, you know, honestly, yeah, I, I have, I have a, a, a it's kind of a background and you know, I have a little bit of a background in dietetics, nutrition certifications, but it's not one of those things where I, I should be the person that, that can speak well and, and, and go on. I, I would rather refer people to the, the resources and the, and the people that can really speak to it because everyone you talk to about it, it's such a polarizing, mm-hmm. right? And so for me, it's about how can I make a connection and, and impact veterans? Well, the one thing I can do is, is, I, is I know movement and I know human movement, you know, we call it movement therapy post rehab training. So uh, the direction that we're taking with Arsenal of Hope is to provide free health coaching, which will be um, kind of the interaction approach to if they want health coaching. And, and we have diet, you know, I have a couple of dietitians and nutritionists that are willing to help out and, and show them how to plan for those things, you know, the, the meals and eating and lifestyle, and they can really speak to the science of it. Uh, but most importantly for me is, is the, the ability to interact and, and to show them how to exercise, how to train and provide them post rehab uh post rehab you know training post rehab exercise movement science and then uh how to train for adaptive sports and working with people with, with injuries and and that's the area I'm, for me I personally I'm very passionate about and so living on the on, on the, the context I could never do something for the rest of my life was very hard for mm-hmm. me you know I know I probably shouldn't have listened to myself and listened to those people I, I did even though I was helping other people learn how to run again and walk again and do things I never did it for myself and I see how that's changed my life and the power of that, the doors that it's opened for me. And so it's the one thing I love doing is that working with someone one-on-one. So providing that, that um, to, to me, the way I can, how, how I can say legally put this is like post rehab training, you know? So once you're, when you get discharged from therapy, hey, we, we'll come work with you. Or if you haven't had therapy for a while and you're still dealing with injuries, Hey, we can, we can teach you how to work with those, work around them and be a better version of yourself. Um, and then as well, train working with adaptive sports, because for me as a veteran, you want to be inclusive. And so it's got to be hard for, I, I've seen people out at, at veterans events that, you know, whether they've lost uh, body parts, limbs, things like that, it's hard. You don't know what you can and can't do. You think you're relegated to something. And so the ability to reach them and, and interact with them and show them what they can do, what's possible, it takes a little time and investment, but that's, that's the hope that you give them. And that's the whole premise of our self hope is to provide that, an overwhelming amount of hope for people that they can succeed. So right now, uh, I've, kind of assembled a, a team of people. And so we're kind of shifting uh, the kind of the focus with the, the website and also be doing some blog stuff, but we're going to really try to work on more resources and, and do even some virtual training, um, but kind of rebrand the website into more of a, less about kind of me and in that, and then more about reaching the veterans and, and having other people provide some content. Uh, we're also working on the 501c3 status and I've working with some, um, veteran organizations for that as well to, you know, work on the funding and, um, whether it's securing a facility or an infrastructure or if it's anything else, or if it's a van, we do mobile things at home. It, it doesn't matter. All it takes is, is really the, the people that are willing to, to work with others to, to do that. So I can make a lot of those things work. And so that's the process we're in now is in the initial, <clears throat> excuse me, getting the paperwork all, all filed and squared away. And then, you know, kind of, I would say soliciting money and raising money, but some of it is, is just raising the initial funds to get it going. And so, and, and with the whole process that it's all meant to go to veterans. So the, the staff of people that I have are all veterans. Um, that's, I don't say staff, the people who are going to work with me, the, the, some of the, the physical therapists, some of the nutritionists, um, their veterans are veteran families and even, um, uh, some doctors as well as medical doctors. So we're working on doing that, uh, right now. So it's just in that, you know, paperwork phase and getting it going. And so from there, uh, I, I know I, we, we exchanged some emails about doing a 22 hour run. Mm-hmm. I was going to do one in Detroit. 
So I, I could, I ended up not logistically being able to do that in December. So I'm, I think I'm going to do that in, um, in March, uh, uh, tentatively we're playing that for March. So, uh, where I'm going to run for 22 hours on a, the six mile loop. And so, um, 22 hours because it's, uh, obviously because we want to raise awareness, the, the 22 uh, veteran suicides a day, which I think a lot of people know, but in doing something like this, it, it's able to bring people out into this environment. So there's some media that wants to get involved, some uh, corporations that want to get involved as well. And so, so yeah, so this year, so I've actually started working with team red, white, blue, um, with the local chapter and started to actually work with veterans and start to do some movements. I call it movement therapy, you know, just kind of working with them and going over assessing imbalances and helping them kind of fix those, you know, so a lot of mobility work and then uh, working into kind of training programs and helping them kind of establish, figure out what they want to do, you know, and hey, now I can move pain-free. What do I want to do? So um, I've, I think this year we've done about a hundred hours. So from, I want to say from October to to now, we've done about a hundred hours of just uh, of of working with different veterans. And so I'm pretty excited about that. Keep that going to this year and with a little better infrastructure, grow that. Um, from a personal standpoint, uh, within Arsenal of Hope, um, I want to put together. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna call it like a, a a green team, and that's just guys doing just some crazy challenges, right? Veterans who. So one of the things that you know I want to do, do a hundred mile race, but uh, we want to look at setting some Guinness World Records for like weighted ultra marathons. So like you know fastest fifty miles, fastest hundred miles, carrying you know twenty pounds, fifty pounds, uh, maybe doing like a rickshaw marathon kind of thing. You know, just getting a little out there and absurd, but also kind of that's weird. You know, why would you want to run a marathon? You know, pulling a rickshaw. I don't know. Just doing some things like that that are going to engage people and just kind of get people involved and say, hey, these are guys that shouldn't be able to do what they're doing, but they're they're figuring out a way how to do it, you know. And so sometimes it just takes seeing one person. Hey, this person can do it. I can do it. And that's how I started reaching people with, with keto. Like that's why my you know my mom started doing keto and reverse her diabetes. You know, she's like, well, if my son can lose a hundred pounds at, at the time, hundred pounds, she's like, oh, I should be doing that too. She did keto and she reversed her, her type two diabetes. Crazy. So. You know, getting out there and showing people it's possible and being inspirational, motivational, help giving hope, you know, and, and positivity. And that's that's the hope for that. So I love it, man. I love it. I'm, I'm not a veteran, but I want to help in any way I can because I, I think what you're doing is really making an impact. And anything I can do to, you know, gain you more exposure because you got an awesome story for yourself personally, but for your desire to help, you know, the veterans and, and others out there that may not be familiar with this lifestyle, may not be familiar with the, the training and how that can positively impact their day-to-day life. I mean, what you're doing is really good, brother. It's really good, and I, I really appreciate it. And if there's anything I can do, let me know for sure. Hey, you know, I I, I appreciate the keto bricks, man. My my last race, uh, I was uh, I was running with one, and uh, <laughs> excuse me, the people at the age were like, "What is that?" I'm like, oh, "It's a keto brick." They're like, what? So I got to yeah, give you a little shout out there during the race. But nice. I appreciate the keto bricks. Next to my kids, like them too. I'm like you got to get out of my keto bricks, man. So, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate that. And you know, like I said, I, I appreciate your friendship. Like I said, over this past year watching uh, what you've done with keto savage, keto brick and, and how it's grown, man. It just, it's so cool to see. And uh, y- you know, I'm just, I've been really happy for you guys, for you and Crystal and, and watching us grow. So, um, you know, like I said, I appreciate any, any, any exposure that you've already provided me, which has been awesome. And uh, sometimes that's, that's really all it takes is, you know, one person talking to another person and just, you know, kind of a grassroots thing. And that's the whole, the whole hope is, um, you know, changing people one vet at a time. And, uh, just like you're doing with keto, you know, like I said, you're one of the most recommended podcasts I give to people that want to learn keto because yeah, you've had Ben Greenfield on, you've had, you know, Zach, Bitter, you've had some really you know big people, but you've also had regular people like me, you know, that people hopefully can relate to, you know, and, and I know I've related to a lot of people that you've had on and, and, and their journeys. And so, you know, that's, that's the, you know, I, I can't give you enough, um, you know, no praise or just, you know, I'm very appreciative for what you've been doing as well. So I really appreciate that, man. Yeah. As, as far as the podcast go, like I try and bring on, you know, guests of all types, you know, people that are, are known in the community and people that aren't known at all, because kind of like what I said earlier in the podcast, you you can learn something from every single person out there and, and being open-minded enough to oh, for sure. tap into that is just, you know, really powerful. Um, what, where are you located again? What state are you in? I forget. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Detroit. I'm in Michigan. So I'm in, I'm in Detroit. That's right. I know you're up North for sure. Well, shoot, man, I, I'm going to make it a point to to figure out something. We'll, we'll get involved somehow. Now, even if we got to meet in the middle somewhere and, and host a run ourselves or something, I don't know. We, there's got to be something we can do. <laughs> well, hey, yeah, we can. I, I definitely, I, I'm <laughs> I'm trying to make it work logistically. I want to get 
least down to Arkansas, some really good races down there. I want to get a 50 in. I want to do a couple 50s um, or even in, in, in Missouri, somewhere like a halfway, but somewhere there. I got to get down there and uh, check out the facility and and, uh, and actually meet you in person because we've been talking for, for a year now. And so let's do it, man. Um, you know, count me in I, for sure. Count me in. Yeah. Well, man, where, where can people go to find out more about you, bud? Well, um, well, I have a website, uh, org. Again, it's, it's a work in progress. It's been, we're getting ready to retool it. So if you're there and it's not kind of what you think, don't worry. We, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a talented web guy. I do have some people that are going to start with, uh, doing some work and retooling. Um, so you can find me there. You can find me at, uh, Instagram and Twitter at, at Arsenal of Hope, uh, one word. And, um, that's where you, I just post pictures of what I'm doing. Some of the people I'm working with, sometimes it's my food, whatever it is, you know, so, uh, that's kind of the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, do there, or you can email me, Ben at Arsenal of Hope. If you guys have feel have questions or anything like that, I'm I love reaching out, I love talking with people, um, and if I can help with anything, like I said, I I I love doing it. So awesome, man. Well, I'll definitely link out to those. People can find you, and then, like I said, if there's anything I can do with anything that you're working on, just you know, you've got my contact info. Just shoot me a email, give me a call, and let me know, man. Oh, for sure. Well, Ben, until next time, brother. I appreciate the conversation as always. I'll talk to you soon, man.